Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Yo, what's up? This is Michael Rappaport. On today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, we have a truly inspirational story from Philadelphia 76ers small forward sharpshooting lockdown defender Robert Covington, who was cut by the Houston Rockets and told he wasn't part of the future there, got shipped down to the D-League, then down to the G-League, became Rookie of the Year and an All-Star MVP. Finally got picked up by the Philadelphia Sixers before the process, and he just got rewarded with a four-year, $62 million deal. Robert Covington on today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, plus me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, are going to be talking about the monkeys down in Florida that are giving human beings herpes. That's right, herpes. My New Orleans Saints heartbreak and breakdown my colonoscopy preparation, and of course, some super sick fucks of the week on a brand new Smash Mouth I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming up next. Me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Special guest, Philadelphia 76er, Robert Covington. Let's go. Yo, listen, you want to have a good time? You got to have good underwear. Tommy John has the best underwear in the world. Tommy John underwear is the best. Start the new year by upgrading your old uncomfortable underwear to Tommy John, the revolutionary comfort company for the modern man. These underwear are truly butter soft. Tommy John is committed to providing mind-blowing comfort, not just in their underwear, but in all their incredible apparel. They've got an entire line of comfortable clothing at Tommy John. It includes undershirts that stay tucked and socks that never fall down. And just wait till you check out their t-shirts. 
Tommy John re-engineered underwear so you never have to adjust. No more distractions or rearranging the goods. You know what I'm saying? They stay completely nestled at all times. All Tommy John underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Okay, so you have nothing to lose. Tommy John is so confident in their product and their underwear that they guarantee that it'll be the best pair you ever wear or it's free guaranteed. Okay, hurry, run, go to TommyJohn.com slash butter. B-U-T-T-E-R and get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash butter B-U-T-T-E-R to save 20% off your first order. I'd buy 15 pairs right off the top and save the 20%. Okay, go to TommyJohn.com slash butter for 20% off. Trust me, you will not be sorry. Yes, 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 you know what it is, and the show is funky, listen to that funk, yeah, oh, yeah, my goodness, let that rock, yeah. we don't even have to speak on this, let that rock for me, yeah. get me hyped up for some smash mouth podcasting, show is funky, of course that is a moody beat, uh, my name is Michael Rappaport, and this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, coming live and direct from the Gloom Tomb. In here with G Moody, last name rhymes with Duty. Uh, Moody, what, what's all the shuffling around? I hear like, like, what are you, what are you feathering off? What's that like, little, like little shuffle? Oh, oh, no, nah, I'm, I'm here uh, cooking a little something, man. I, yeah, I yeah. Up. Listen, don't base the fucking turkey while we're doing the podcast, Duke. I'm walking back to my seat. I was uh, making some fish, but now I stop. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, because I, I I hear like you you shuffling around in the background. My fault, Duke. Um, those are the uh that that's the voice of G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Of course, the three time uh, podcast co-host of the year. My name is Michael Rappaport. Um, as I told you, we got a great interview coming up later in the show with Philadelphia 76er Robert Covington, who was cut. By the Houston Rockets said he wasn't part of the future. And then, I mean, talk about going through the process. You know, Joel Embiid is called the process. Robert Covington really went through the process. They, they, they gave him the business. He was, he was pretty much done with the NBA. Boom. Now he's starting for the Philadelphia 76ers. Boom. Just signed a four-year, $62 million deal. Good dude. Great interview. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. But first, we're going back to basics. It's just straight yes. fundamentals uh, with me and G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Um, yo, my man, you you still sound like you're shuffling around or something, Duke. Uh, uh, yo, I'm not shuffling. I'm sitting down, man. <laughs> Fuck is you saying? I'm you, sitting you, down. What do you got on some like... Uh, everybody hears it. Like, well, what is that noise in the background, Duke? Like, it sounds like you got on some like newspaper pants. No, no, I got a, I got a, a, a space heater. It's ten degrees out here, B. Everybody yeah. has a space heater in New York. The yo, heat my man. doesn't work. Yo, yo, my man, my man, my man. We trying to record the worldwide phenomenon, man. We're not, tri- we're not, tri- we're not the fucking tap dance lounge, man. We're not the Cotton Club. 
I, I, I ain't turning it off. It's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. So I don't even know where to start, man. Uh, I will start with this. I'll start with this. Um, oh, I got a few things to start with. I'll start with some 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 good news, and then I'll get into some more of the more frustrating news, and then I'll go into my colonoscopy prep. I'm having my 21st colonoscopy. God damn. 21st colonoscopy I've had in my life. Um, I highly recommend any listeners of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, men, because there are men and there are women. That's why they right. recommend men over 40, go get a colonoscopy. Women over 40, you got to do your own thing. See, when they try to uh, uh, pump this genderless society, yeah, right, they're not saying right. women over 40 go to get a colonoscopy. I don't know what they're telling the women to do, but I know men over 40, it's highly recommended to get a colonoscopy to avoid any possible colon cancer. Okay, right. Men, women, we're very different. I don't go to the gynecologist. I don't get my snapper looked at ever. You know why? Right. And I don't mean it in any disrespectful way. I don't have one. Sorry. That's just me. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's at the point. So I had a very exciting moment happen to me this morning, G. Monetti. Tell us. So, you know, my primary New Year's resolution was absolutely, positively, do not answer any phone calls from private and or blocked accounts. Because yes. they're always a regret. Either it's a uh, um, some fraudulent you know place calling you to tell you there's a lawsuit against you and they're with the IRS. That's not the truth. The IRS don't call you. Okay, yeah. the IRS they'll get you and and they ain't gonna get you by the phone. I spoke to my accountant because remember I mentioned that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I, yep, I did. Yeah, uh, that, that 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 don't believe that. Or it could be they're, they're, everybody's trying to sell you a home security system or insurance for your car. Or, or insurance for your dog's health, or whatever the case may be. Okay, or it's a person who's calling you from a blocked or private number because they probably know that you don't want to talk to them. Yeah. Creeps call you from private or blocked numbers. Punishers. You say, what is a punisher? A punisher is someone who will talk your fucking ears off, okay, or who wants to trap you Okay, into something uh, that you don't want to be around. Right. It's 2018. You can text. You can email. You could even slide up into the DMs. Don't call me from a blocked and or private number. You're never getting answered. Okay. We are just a couple of weeks into 2018. I will not be breaking that New Year's resolution. I'm not answering it. Private, blocked, or unfamiliar number. Period. Yeah. You shouldn't. Absolutely. Okay. That's policy. Well, one of my quiet New Year's resolutions, like 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world, is to continue to work on my health. Eating better, getting back in better shape. Last year, I dealt with a lot of sickness. Um, was crazy busy. You know, I had the, the throat stuff, the voice stuff, and just traveling, writing this book has bowls. By the way, you fucks. Uh, listen, I don't know who's listening to this show. I, I never know, okay? But I wrote a, I wrote a fantastic book, okay? It's great, if I should say so myself. It's funny. 
It's insightful. It is really a shit-talking manifesto. The name of the book is This Book Has Bulls, Sports Rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. That's right. Okay? You can get the hardcover book or the audio book. It's about, I don't know how many hours it is. It might be seven hours. It's, it's essentially seven hours of shit-talking at its finest. And it I narrate by. I narrate the entire fucking thing with some special guests. With some special guests. Okay? This podcast costs you fucking nothing, you cocksucker. Not a goddamn thing, fuck. It's free. It's fucking free. And I give blood, sweat, and tears every single time I pick up the golden fucking mic. Uh-huh. Okay, this isn't how I act all the time, unbeknownst to a lot of people. People think that I act like this all the time. This is my podcast persona, blood, sweat, and fucking tears. Okay? And it's all in this book has bold sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. It's available on hardcover or audiobook. You fuck you. <laughs> you could get it on Amazon. You could get it at a bookstore. But if you want to make it simple, go to thisbookhasbowls.com and it'll steer you to where and how to get the soon-to-be New York Times bestseller. I didn't release this like by my cousin's book company, Simon yeah. and fucking Schuster. It's like Hell the yeah. Coca-Cola, the Nike of book companies. This book Cup has balls.com. Do yourself a favor. It's a shit-talking extravaganza. If you don't want to read, get the audio book. It's fantastic. Yeah. Cop that book. Stop bullshit. How did I get on that, Gerald? I don't know, man. You, you just, I'm listening to you, man. Go ahead. So anyway, oh, so I've been very consistent thus far. And I'm not one of these people who will break their New Year's resolution and, 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 and act like it didn't happen. Okay? If, if I'm eating like a pig and not healthy, I'll acknowledge that too. I'm a fucking slob. Uh, I, I, I double-fisted two pints of Ben and Jerry's last night. I'm a fucking pig. I hate myself. I'll talk about that, too, because there's new listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast each episode. I'm sure a lot of good people from the city of Philadelphia are listening today because they're hyped to hear my man Robert Covington's story. Mm -hmm. Okay? I fuck with the people of Philly. Okay, I'll get to the Philadelphia Eagles later. But the point is, the point is, is that I have been... Taking care of myself so far, so good this year. Working out oh. and eating well. One of my workouts is Runyon Canyon in Los Angeles. Gerald, you were there. You can hike. You can run. You can run walk. You can stroll. You can meander. You can do it all. It's like it's a, one of the it's one of the great things about living in the Los Angeles area. All sorts of people go there. Ninety nine point nine percent of the pers- people that go there are general folk. But there's some 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 good looking women. Okay, uh, I'm not going to say that that that's not uh, uh, up there. But it's just it's for anybody. Everyone, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people literally every day, all throughout the day that go up there and hike. So I go up there uh, with my man Toby Morse. Okay, uh-huh. from the band H2O. Yeah, uh, friend and friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. I believe he was on one of the first ten episodes of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. So I go up there this morning with him. I got my dog Wheezy with me. Um, we're, we're we're stretching out. We're getting ready. We're listening to music. He has his son Max with him. Um, we're BSing for about five minutes. I don't know why I just didn't say bullshitting. I've already said fuck about twenty times, and we're not even ten minutes into the podcast. <laughs> why did I say BSing? Go ahead. Doesn't matter. 
So I turn around to go up the hill, you know, to, to go up the path. We're in the flat part right now. Boom. Who do I make eye contact with? Boom. And I'm just like giddy with excitement. One of my favorite people, one of my favorite athletes of all time. And the reason why I segued into this book has balls because I wrote a chapter about her and her sister and her father. None other than the great, beautiful Serena Williams is coming down Runyon Canyon. Damn. I I wish I was there. Oh, shit. Word. I said, oh, shit. Now, I've met Serena in passing before. It's always brief, but, you know, I met her, like, it must be almost, shit, close to 20 years ago. Damn. And, and I mean, probably, like, maybe less than 20 years ago, probably, like, 17, 16 years ago, 18 years ago, a while ago at a, at a tournament in L.A., and I just fawned over, I love you. Such a fan of yours, such a Hell fan of yeah. your sisters, just a huge fan. I met her then, seen her in passing a few other times, saw her coming down the hill. We make eye contact. I walk over, give her a big hug. She's with her her husband. Uh-huh. Last week, she was on the cover of Vogue. I believe that was the magazine or Glamour or one of those big you know, women's magazines, fashion magazines uh, with her beautiful baby. I said, right. yo... I'm so happy for you. I fucking love you. I love what you're doing. Congratulations. Met her husband. Uh, and I just told her, I said, yo, Serena, you are a motherfucker. And she Whoa. laughed. I'm not going to ex- you know, exchange the, the, the rest of the conversation. It was brief. It was nice. But I was literally geeked and gacked the fuck up. Because to me, that's like seeing Michael Jordan at Runyon yeah, Canyon. Like, like yeah. I, I think of her as like, the one of the greatest athletes, literally of all time. Uh, uh, the greatest female tennis player of all time. That's uh, for sure. Oh no, that's <laughs> not even a question. And, right. and 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 one of the greatest athletes, one of the greatest, just sort of most influential athletes. Talk about a powerful woman in terms of sure. what she represents, how she handles herself, how she plays the game, um, and the dichotomy between how she is on the court, off the court. She's all that and a bag of motherfucking chocolate chip famous Amos cookies. I love her. I I, I was Absolutely. giddy. I was so I, I I was giddy because I was just it was so surprising to see her. Uh, her husband couldn't have been nice. I mean, this is a brief exchange, but just couldn't have been nice. So we bullshit around for a little bit. I let her go, kept it moving. And I, and, and I wanted to share that with you guys because, you know, we've talked about her on the show so many different times. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I just have such admiration and, and respect for her. And, you know, I made a promise to myself when I, when I got in this business that I would never, ever take moments like that for granted. Right. I would never... Um, you know, sort of become, you know, sort of not a fan, you know, like never sort of just take take the fact that you see Serena Williams, you're supposed to bug out. You know, yeah. I kept my cool, but like inside I was like, oh shit. And, you know, I didn't ask her for a picture or anything like that. And I'm glad I didn't ask her for a picture or anything like that. Number one, because it's not appropriate. Number two, I don't want to bring attention to her. You know, like she could cause a mob scene quickly. Number three, like, the fact that like it just meant that much to me and like I was so amped up and made my workout better and like I was just like in such a good mood for a couple hours. I was like, yo, Serena Williams at Runyon Canyon, I fuck with Serena so damn hardcore. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was dope. That was dope. Which brings me to health. My health. So oh. I am going to get my 21st colonoscopy. 
God damn. I will be doing a video documentary, uh, a vlog, uh, as they call it. I will be uh, uh, vlogging uh, about it uh, the way that I do. I take my colonoscopy seriously, um, and I seriously encourage all men over 40 to get colonoscopies. As, you, as I've talked about before, I suffer from ulcerative colitis. Gerald was actually in the other room when I got my first colonoscopy in, I believe, 1986. God damn. And when I was 16, or was either 86 or 87, uh, Moody was uh, with me at the doctor's office, and um, we did this once before, Moody. Um, what noises did you hear me making uh, from oh, the man. other room? Could you please arch, uh, share that with the other people? Um, three, two, one, go. Ugh. What the fuck is you doing? <laughs> So, so when you're that age, I don't think they could anesthetize you. Now, I'm going to say this again. The, the actual colonoscopy is a good time. You say, how is it a good time to have essentially three feet of hose uh, stuffed up your ass, Mike? Oh. Well, listen, spend the money and hopefully you have the insurance to pay for uh, the anesthetizing, meaning they put you out. You don't feel a thing. The worst part about it is the prep the day before. You have to drink this crazy bitter. I mean, it's it's so bitter. So like it's like vinegar and lemon tasting, you know, like it's it and you think it's it's only like a cupful, but it's so bitter. It's 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 hard to uh it's hard to swallow. But I'm doing it. It's the I can't uh this. what? What do you mean? This is what you're sharing with the world. Yo, I, I, yo, I'm trying to make it this this real, man. Yo, okay, go I, ahead. Bro. I encourage men to to get colonoscopies. I don't know what the parameters are for women uh, are and, and what their doctors recommend, but I, I I know that men are encouraged to get colonoscopies. Colon cancer is not anything to play with, and you can get it. It can creep up on you, and and yeah. God forbid you don't you don't get it treated. It could take your you could take your life quickly, man, because it's inside. Yeah. So yep. I, you know, like I make light of it because you know it's my reality, and I've dealt with uh, ulcerative colitis for so many years. But again, I encourage people to to get a colonoscopy any which way you can do it. Okay, because I agree. God yeah. forbid something like that is in you and you're not aware of it. It it, it could kill you, and it could kill you very Fat. quickly. Yep. Uh, so you'll be hearing and seeing more about uh, my colonoscopy uh, escapades. Mm. Um, uh, th this week, and obviously going further, and, and you know the reality is it, of it is 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 the rest of my life. You'll be hearing about that uh, the rest of my life. <laughs> I hear you, bro. I like that. Get your shit together, man. So it was like uh, Patrick Ewing missing the layup. Uh, it was like wide left. Um, it was like Bill Buckner, the New Orleans Saints. Played an incredible game. Yeah. Versus the Minnesota Vikings. It was just, it was, I mean, the first half, Minnesota totally dominated. Completely dominated. Absolutely. And, and, and I felt like I was cursing the New Orleans Saints because uh, I'm sure most of the fans have listened to the now classic I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast with the coach, Sean Payton, joining us for an hour of football, just it was just like football talk, but it was done yeah. in such a basic way. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, Sean Payton uh, uh, allowed me to go to the New Orleans Saints practice here in Los Angeles. 
and then allowed me to bring break the team down. So when you go, when you bring everybody in and you go, Saints on three. But, you know, I did it my way. Yeah. Um, and so I just have a, a real affinity for that team. I got to meet all the players, meet all the coaches. And Sean Payton is just such a nice, you know, captivating, cool Dude, yeah. and he gave me so much time. I was like, yo, I'm all in with the Saints. Because some people are like, yeah. what the fuck? You're a New York Giants fan. It's just like the fucking assholes are like, what the fuck? You're a Golden, you're a New York Knicks fan. Why do you care about the finals? I'm a sports fan. Just because the Giants aren't in it or my Knicks aren't in it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm not into it. And I really right. wanted the Saints to get to the next round. I wanted the Saints to get to the Super Bowl. I felt like the Saints, if they could get past Minnesota, they could kick the Philadelphia Eagles' asses. No disrespect to the Philadelphia Eagles or the Philadelphia fans that I know are listening okay but that's just my how I felt so anyway the first half of the game they were not looking good then I had to take a phone call by the time I got off the phone it was 17 to 7 and I was like I'm gonna watch the rest of the game on my phone Uh, I'm gonna go meet Dean the young shooter Dean Collins uh, from the band Pacific the band and and I'm gonna decompress Uh uh-huh so I'm listening to the game on my phone the Saints start coming back the Saints start coming back the Saints start coming back then they go ahead then Minnesota somehow goes ahead. Then the Saints go ahead. And it was like a fucking minute left in the game. Or 52 right. seconds or some shit. And then all hell broke loose. And they make this miracle play that brought me to my fucking knees. It brought me to my... Miles, play my reaction to the Saints kicking the field goal. Okay. First. Fuck <laughs> Fuck you, Minnesota. Fuck Minnesota. Fuck you. Okay, that's my live, real-time reaction. Dean Collins, a young shooter, recorded my live, real-time reaction to the Saints essentially winning the game. Now, I'm going back, walking to my car. I'm still listening to the game on my phone. I get to my car while my car is turning on the radio and my phone is sort of going from regular to Bluetooth. The goddamn Minnesota Vikings score this crazy touchdown. And we were down the street from a sports bar and you could hear people yelling and screaming. And I go, what the fuck just happened? And right when I go, what the fuck just happened? The live broadcast comes on in the car. Right. Miles, play my reaction to that. What the fuck happened? I fucking left for two seconds. Fuck! What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I didn't know what the fuck happened. I was crushed. I was devastated. I mean, I've never seen collectively so many different viral reactions to a football game. I was, yo, I, I swear I felt like it happened to me. I'm not even a humongous New Orleans Saints fan, but I, I it was such a crazy game. And, yeah. and I wanted them to win so bad. And then for them to lose like that. And then when I got home, you know, I watched all the replay of it. And, you know, hearing it and I was watching on the phone isn't the same thing when you're watching it on TV. God luckily I wasn't at home. I might've broken my fucking TV or like, yeah. I don't know, done something to myself. It was, yeah, that was it was crazy. Was Did you watch that game, Mr. Moody? I watched it and I want to uh, shout out Drew Brees for quarterbacking the way you're supposed to. 
Yo, you bring the team back, you make all the completions, and you put the team in a position where the field, uh, the, the kicker can make the field goal and solidify the game. And then the guy, a rookie cornerback, whatever that guy is, corner, does that bullshit. Sean Payton, cut this motherfucker. No, 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 no. You can't cut this motherfucker. He's How? a good player. How? Like, Drew Brees, you're not going to have this motherfucker oh, for too man. much longer. Ugh. It was, I cut this guy. It Bill was, Parcells would cut this motherfucker. <laughs> Bill Belichick would cut him. Oh. Yo, listen, New Orleans, uh, what Ryan Clark said he's from New Orleans. His moms called him and said they, they, they already had the parade. They were having the parade. This guy got to be cut. Oh, it was it was brutal, man. It was Drew brutal, Brees man. brought I, these motherfuckers back. Oh, exhibition in quarterbacking. That's how you do it, yo. When we need to get the first downs, when we need to get the touchdowns, Drew Brees is executing every throw, and then you do the sucker shit at the end. And yo, I felt so bad for Drew, man. He ain't got much longer. <laughs> it was brutal, man. It was it was brutal. It was brutal, Hell man, yeah. and uh, it, it was really hard. And I'm not even like a lifelong New Orleans Saints fan, and I'm very well aware of that. Um, I can't imagine how, how those guys felt. I can't imagine how, how, how those those players felt. I can't imagine how that, that kid who missed that tackle felt. It, it was it was rough, man, but that's, Yo, that's sports. He's supposed to wrap up, rap. He's supposed to, when you tackle, it's 10 seconds left, wrap up. Look, look at the play. You're supposed to wrap up the guy and get him out and, and tackle him. Money on some, some duck in his head and all that bullshit. Yo, if I was the coach, that's unacceptable, yo. Terrible. <laughs> that's unacceptable. This is fundamentals, man. What is you doing? Get the fuck cut him. <laughs> um, and as predicted in the other game, as predicted on this here I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, Miles, play the fucking tape. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I predict them to beat Pittsburgh this week. I predicted that the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to give the Pittsburgh Steelers a problem. Show enough. They gave the Pittsburgh Steelers a problem. I don't know how they did it. Blake Bortles ain't shit. But my guy, (laughs) Leonard Fournette, who was with me all season... On Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. A History of Violence, a.k.a. That Thing's Big, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop, my fantasy football team that came in second. They did it. That defense is no joke. Yeah, And I said that Jets. defense is no joke. And all week, the Steelers were talking about playing the Patriots and the Steelers were talking about uh, Le'Veon Bells, talking about contracts and next season yep. and all that. And I said... My prediction, and I even made a bet with my guy, Colin Cowherd, on TV. Miles, play that tape, too. Antonio Brown, we don't know what we're getting with him. Ben Roethlisberger, trust me, he's losing sleep over that defense. Will you do? I will. I'll bet you a dinner at Mastro's. Oh, yeah. I'll bet you a dinner at Mastro's. Steelers win by more than a touchdown. Absolutely. We're gonna. We're gonna. Don't be. Don't be chintzy. I got ten seconds. I mean, we're not. I'm not gonna be chintzy, and I, I'm gonna starve myself for five days before we go because you're gonna be. Pay, I mean, steak, lobster, and everything on the oh, table. Come on, slow down. I'm gonna get nuts in there. On the herd last week, I made a bet with my guy Colin Coward for a meal at Maestro's, which is a fancy steakhouse slash lobster house in Beverly Hills. 
Best believe Colin Coward. Yeah, rake his ass through the cold. Oh, I'm ordering filet mignons. No, I'm ordering shrimps. No, get the tomahawk uh, (laughs) ribeye. Well, what is that? This is this is we're not in. What is that? That it's a big steak. It's fucking get that big shit. That uh, Fred Flintstone shit. (laughs) (laughs) I told him. I said, Yo, we going in there. First of all, I'm starving myself. Second of all. I, yo, you never seen anybody eat like this. You never seen anything like that. Kill him. Uh, I love Colin Coward. Um, yeah, great, great guy. Smart and he's just dude. a cool dude and a nice dude and 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 just smart and I, I love going on his show. Um, yep. Anyway, so now it's down to the Patriots are playing the Jaguars. The Eagles beat the um, Atlanta Falcons, and 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 the Eagles are playing. Uh, Minnesota, and yo, yeah, the winners are going going to the Super Bowl. I want Brady in the Super Bowl. I want New England. I don't want to see uh, Bortles and Nick Foles. I don't want to see no frills quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I want to see Brady do his thing because that's cachet. That's great to see because that New England offense is always great. I don't want to see these bum motherfuckers in the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm hoping uh, Brady wins it again. And then retire. Retire. Because you did the sucker shit with Jimmy G. Just retire. Yeah, you did the sucker shit with Jimmy Garoppolo. And trust me, bizarro Jimmy Garoppolo is lurking around the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. I missed a few of his calls. Bizarro Jimmy Garoppolo is dying. Yep. But rap. I have to, uh, since you're on football, I got to tell you this. You probably missed this story. Check this out. It's about Jimmy G. It's about, you know, all the shit. And when he went to San Francisco, uh, in order to keep franchise quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, ex-49er president, Carmen Policy, proudly fantasized that he would allow Jimmy G's agent to sodomize him during negotiations, intimating that he, didn't he would say that. Any- yeah, yeah, you, it's bugged out. You missed this story. I saw the story. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't dream about it. Uh, he intimated that he would do anything to get the deal done, and saying, "quote I'd bring a jar, a large jar of Vaseline to Jimmy's agent, yes. and say I'm a nice guy. Yes, let's do the right thing. Please be gentle. Yes, what is that saying? Yes." You yes. could you could sodomize me if Jimmy G signs. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Well, <laughs> Bizarro Jimmy Garoppolo is most likely going to be on the next I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, if not sooner. Good. Okay. If not sooner. Um, all right. Listen, Miles. Let me get some funk right now. Let me get some good funk right now. All right. Check this out. Listen, we got a great interview coming up with Robert Covington of the Philadelphia 76ers, okay? Uh, I tell you, he's got a great story, truly inspirational, only in America story. Uh, So we got Robert Covington. Then me and G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. We're going to continue doing our thing. We have the sick fucks of the week and so much more on a brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Let's rock with my man Robert Covington. Let's go. Listen, when you want to go to a game or an event, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek 
is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Every single kind, whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for the last minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best deals at the best prices, and it's fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I always have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's the easiest way to go. I shop for tickets on it all the time. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find the greatest seats for the greatest prices. I actually just use the SeatGeek app to buy tickets to see the Celtics play the Clippers next week. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. Okay, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence and clarity. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports to concerts to comedy shows and theater. It's very simple. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BUTTER. B-U-T-T-E-R. The promo code BUTTER. B-U-T-T-E-R. For 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Do it now. Trust me, SeatGeek is the way to go. Download the app, enter the promo code BUTTER, and save $10 on your first SeatGeek purchase. S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. SeatGeek. All right, Robert Covington, thank you for coming on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, my man. Yo, thanks for having me, my man. I'm a, I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of uh, all Philly sports. I love this team. It's hard not to like this team. And you're like a, a, a part of the uh, the big three, obviously, with Joel and Ben Simmons. And your, uh, your journey uh, to being a, an NBA player is crazy, man. Can you tell the people that aren't familiar with your story, how you wound up being the small forward for this current Philadelphia 76ers? Uh, it's kind of it's very inspirational. You know, I went from you know, a player that was signed with Houston my first year. I spent majority of the year in the D-League. Um, I prospered there. You know, I was D-League rookie of the year, you know, all-star MVP. Um, I played in almost seven games for Houston, but I, I didn't really play that much. And then the following year, I got cut by Houston. Um, they, they had told me that, you know, they didn't see me being a part of the future. So but what they had, so, you know, I grinded it out. Uh, I had to go back to the D-League. Um, I was, I entered the D-League draft, was a number one pick. Uh, and I literally was down there for a week before, um, Philly picked me up, uh, you know, I signed, I signed with them on the 15th of November, 2014. And then, you know, ever since then, man, it's only got uphill from there. What, what, what's the biggest difference in terms of competition of the highest level of D league and the highest level of NBA? Like, you know, when you're out there playing, like, how much better is NBA better than the D-League, just in terms of the level? What What, what is the difference? 
a lot of guys are trying in the D League. A lot of guys are trying to prove that they belong up there instead of just like letting everything come to you. One thing I was fortunate to you know see was like we didn't kind of we didn't have that on our team. We had a lot of guys that just wanted to win and play, and everybody got along. Like some teammates don't get along, like because some guys feel like they're better than others. You know, it's a it's a it's one of those things where you know you sit up here and have to worry about. You know, guys are trying to make themselves look good and be trying to do things out of the out of the ordinary. So I kind of like sometimes it hurts and sometimes you know guys benefit from it. But you know, all in all, you just got to go out and play a game ultimately. And you know that's what was good about me and my team. We had guys that knew that role, that knew what they wanted to do, and majority a lot of guys got call ups from. When you were first with the Rockets and then you go down to the D, then you come back with the Rockets and then you get cut by the Rockets, are you like saying to yourself, is it me? Am I not built for this? Or are you? is it politics? Like, What is going through your head when this is happening? I feel like there's a few things that played a part of it, you know. But I just, you know, I didn't really you know, question it too much. I was just like, okay, well, it's not something they could utilize. Um... But I just sat up here and I looked at it as another opportunity of ways. All right. And so forget the D-League now. You just signed. Now, I don't want to get this wrong because I want every single dollar to count. $65 million? 62. $62 million contract for four years. That, that's, that's what was written. That's in the press. $62 million for four years? Mm-hmm. So after all this shit... You're with the D-League. You're with the Rockets. You're not with the D-League. You're with, back with the Rockets. You're with the Sixers. You guys are winning 10 games. You're winning 18 games. Finally, the quote-unquote process, which is probably the hashtag of the new millennium in the NBA, you're part of this team, and you get this contract. You you must feel like literally not a million bucks, like 62 million bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an amazing feeling, you know. All the hard work that, you know, has been put into, you know, me being where I'm at now, you know, is a true testament of, you know, not giving up. Uh, I fought, you know, to prove myself for so long. And Philly was the perfect opportunity for me to come out and really show my, my talents. And, you know, my coach, he sat up here and gave me a challenge when I first got here. He was like, you know what you, he like, he knows what I'm capable of, but he wants me to be more than that. He said, because the only way you're going to stay in this league is if you add some different things to your game. And what prospered for me was he challenged me to be, you know, a better defender. And now, you know, I've been labeled as one of the elite elite defenders in the league just based off of the challenge that coach gave me years ago. And, you know, my individual coach, you know, is part of the reason why that, you know, took place. You know, he was a, he's a defensive guy. and He challenged me for, for very many obstacles. And, now I go from I go from guarding, you know, guys that are not as you know not as a threat to you know guarding a major guy on every team. So it's just a testament of you know hard work and truly you know putting in the time and effort and really locking into you know taking on a goal and taking on a, a obstacle. So I'm blessed, I'm truly blessed. When you say improved as a defensive player in basketball terms. How do you improve as a defensive player? Is how much of it is effort? How much of it is skill? And then obviously, when you're you're playing it at the NBA level, uh, uh, you know there, there's team defense, there's schemes, there's all this stuff. How do you improve? How did you improve as a defensive player in the NBA? Like specifically, 
Talk that basketball <laughs> shit. I understand it, Robert. I had hoop <laughs> dreams too. Okay, they haven't come true yet, but I'm not giving up either. Hey, you can't give up. But now, nah, what happened? What happened was um, it's a lot. It's a lot to do with effort and it's attention to detail. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta pay attention to what you know certain guys do and uh, how I made the transition was I just started guarding guys that were a lot faster than me, you know, a lot quicker guys that were smaller than me, just to, like, throw myself in different different positions, you know. My team at the time, you know, I would guard the point guard, you know, guard the four-man, guard the two-man, and different schemes. And most of it is just effort and, you know, the will to sit up here and, you know, take the initiative to lock down and really focus in on it. And that's what the challenge was for me. And then as – I did that. I started to, you know, my hands and everything started to get a lot faster because I had to sit up here and utilize so much. Um, that's what helped me. Like, Coach noticed I had good hands, mm-hmm. you know, on ball and everything. And now, like I said, it's just a matter of effort, you know, really, and having the energy to, you know, sustain that. Who are the guys that you – you know you need to get a little extra rest for when when you're you're guarding. Like who are the guys that like that you you've guarded this season and last season where you're like, this is the re- this is it this is it I need to you know have some orange juice this morning. To everybody, every team, every team, best player I've guarded. Um, at some point, I've I've guarded everybody. Like I've I've been in different I've been in different positions where I've guarded one point guard, two guards. Small forwards, powerful. I've got. I've even guarded centers at one point. Do you think it's crazy? Like I'm infatuated with this because look, I'm 47. When I played basketball, big dudes stayed their ass down. Uh, you know, down low. Is it crazy to you to see that big guys, you know, are out so far out along the perimeter? When you're saying you're guarding centers, are you dealing with them with their back to the basket, or are you guarding them around the perimeter? Both. Both. I've. I've. You know. I've had to guard like guys like Kevin Love in the post. I've mm. guarded Dwight Howard. I've guarded Dwight Howard. Uh, just sometimes in transition, you know, you never get, know who you get matched up. With. Right. You know, we always have our schemes where you don't have a man in transition. You know, we got to take care of what our principles are first, and then we see that we get you know mix. We get everything handled afterwards. But the first initiative is to make sure we get you know the ball taken care of and the right, be in the right spots. So sometimes you don't be guarding the man that you initially, you know, start up start up on. But you know, it's it's having that elusiveness to be add different things to your game. And you know, I've been, I'm fortunate that way I can do so much that I can put you know fires out in different team different situations with the team, and then I can help other guys as well. And I can see different things that's going on out there. How much fun are you having in Philly now? You you, you were with the team when they won ten games. Right, eighteen games last year. You, you guys won twenty eight games, and now it's. You, it seems like the the process and the sort of weight is over. Where you guys are playing, even like the game against Golden State. Let me just ask you that about that game. You guys play Golden State. You're up twenty four points. You know it's Golden State. You know they're coming with a flurry. When they say, "Oh, we'll take this as a learning experience." Is that real or is that just some, like, you know, Vince Lombardi pep talk bullshit? Is there really an, a learning mm. experience from giving up a 24-point lead? That definitely is. We've seen how effective they was in that in that period where they scored 47, and we've seen the mistakes that we did. You know, like, it's, it's always a learning aspect. 
the way we've the way we've handled it is you know we don't just brush any loss off like we go back we dissect what happened we sit up here and um watch film we see like so much we slow the game down mm. like and so we can actually understand what happened and, and when you guys are doing that is that like a coach is walking you through certain plays and certain certain situations that happen during a game like how, how does that work like when you're in there watching that tape it's a little bit of both it's a bit of you know coaches asking us what we see first and then the coaches are chime in to be like okay this is what we see as well like it's it's, it's literally both like how we dissect it is not just like oh it's the coaches you know sitting up here going in and you know just talking about everything they like they they ask us our opinion what they what they see you know what we see it's so it's so much that plays a part in it because like you can't just learn just by the coach saying everything you have to sit up here and understand and you got to be able to teach because your coach coach is not always going to be able to have the answer sometimes. Mm-hmm. The players have to have the answer, and that's what the coaches challenge us with, you know, to make sure that we understand what's going on, and we do a fairly good job of it, you know. And that's what, and that's what, you know, part of the learning experience of this team, you know, we've 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 done so much, and guys understand what mistakes that we make and how things happen, and that Golden State game is a prime example. We it was on point, but that third quarter, it kind of got it. We kind of got stagnant or whatnot. And, you know, like I said, it's an understanding of what happened, and we we seen what happened. You know, we we wasn't as elusive as we was the first half, and that's what it, that's what you know allowed them to get back into the game. Uh, if we would have kept doing what we did the first half, you know, we could easily put that game away. I agree. When you see somebody like Steph, obviously, you know he, he he's somebody who before you were in the league, you know, was doing doing his thing. He's he's a few years older than you, and you see him get hot the way he got hot in that third quarter with the 20 points. Is there any part of you where you're just like, Jesus Christ, this guy is good? Or are you just totally focused on the task at hand? Like, are there ever ever moments like that where, like, you're just, like, so impressed? Not to say that you're throwing in the towel, because it's not throwing in the towel, but just where you're like, God damn it, this guy's good. Yeah, we've seen a lot. Um, you know, he's made he made a lot of big plays. And we're just trying to figure out ways that we can slow him down and stop him, like, we had some guy, certain guys contained, but you know, sometimes you know he's very elusive, and you know the way way he was playing, he took he took the initiative during that quarter, and it showed. You know, we seen we seen it when we was watching film and everything, and you know it it definitely it definitely he he was a major major part of that. So it just was like man, like we got, but we have to we we have to realize that on our own. And we kind of seen that during film, and you know, guys was like, "Shit, like it, 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 it is what it is." But you know, we can't, we never brush anything off. Like we always take that stuff as learning experience, man. It's it's one thing to you know just brush it off, but we always learn something from it, and we seen exactly what uh, what our mistakes was. That's good. I mean, I, like I said, I really, I really like that team. I really like your team. You know, I always want Philly. Uh, the Sixers to do good. I've always been a fan. So, so going back to it, how much like you, you guys almost have a rock star thing going because Joel and uh, and Ben Simmons are are you know both healthy. They're both on the court. They're exciting. How much of a difference 
has it been this year? And just in terms of going city to city, um, you know, win, lose, or draw, even at home, with having both those guys on the court and you seeing them, the manifestation of the actual process uh, falling into place. It's it's crazy considering how so many years we've actually said that it's going to be a process, and now we're here. You know, the moment is different. Like you know, you sense the vibe, you sense the the vibe of the city. You know how everybody's pitching, and like we always, we I, I've been here, like I said, I've been here always. I've seen the ups and downs, and now that everything is you know the way it is, you know we're playing such a high level, and you know. We're on the, uh, the opposite side of, you know, we're actually winning games. You know, early on in the season, we don't have that. We've had a few rocky starts, but, you know, we've shown the city, like, exactly what they've been waiting on. And Ben and Joe have, you know, been tremendous for us thus far. Like, it's it's scary to, that, you know, Joe had his he, – he's not even at 100% just yet, you know, help, like, with this conditioning and stuff. But – you know, he's he's showing glimpses, man, and it's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. And, and Ben, man, you, you can't even like he's playing he's playing on that level, but that year that he was working on getting his body healthy and getting stronger, like it's showing. Cause he got an under he got a feel for the game, he got an understanding of it early when he took the year off and now he understands what you know, the whole, the big picture is, and he, he took that initiative. He did change with his body. He made sure he took care of his health and it's showing like everything's showing exactly what the time is that everything that he put in. How good do you think he could be? Like, I mean, see, he, he's the real deal, right? Absolutely. How tall is Absolutely. he? 6'11". Are you serious? Yeah. He's taller than you? Yeah. Jesus Christ, because, you know, sometimes, like, you you know, you hear these things on TV, and we don't know what the hell is going on, and you see guys in real life, like Draymond Green, he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six at best, you know, they say he's like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and then they say Ben Simmons is 6'10", you know, now you're saying he's 6'11", so he he's really, like, tall, tall dude, huh? Yeah, Ben's a tall dude, Ben's a tall dude, and he's still, and the crazy part, he's still growing. He's still gonna grow a little bit. You think like he might hit seven feet? It's possible. Does it, has it's this guy possible. finished puberty? Is he shaving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy to see like the the evolution. He even reached this is is highest point just yet. How many cheesesteaks do you get to eat a week in in Philadelphia, if any? Uh, I I have once one every week. Uh, at some that'd be like my cheat day, but I have like one, may, maybe two, depending on you know my fam my family here. I always make sure I go get one. You know, they love the cheesesteaks. The place that I go to, so they love them. And you know, whenever they hear this, I typically have one, maybe two. What what's your cheesesteak spot? Larry's. All right, and and what do they got over at Larry's? <laughs> Man, some of everything. Everything. When you say it's your cheat day, are you on some like diet shit? Or are you just on some like professional NBA athlete shit? Like, what is your deal in terms of taking care of yourself? Because to get where you've gotten to, how, how old are you? Twenty six. Twenty six years old. Let me tell you something, Robert. When I was twenty six years old, I was double fisting Big Macs like they were going out of style. But I wasn't in the league. I mean, so so what? what like, are, you say it's a cheat day. Like the rest of the week, you eat pretty healthy. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, I try now, especially now, I'm really invested in my body. Uh, now I've seen the fruits of how much I've really focused in on, you know, how eating right, it really affects your body. And, you know, I've changed my diet a little bit. Uh, before, you know, I, I, I was giving them the, the free the freelance to you know, eat whatever I wanted because, you know, my the way my body reacted to it, like it, my metabolism was so high. So it was like, you know, you could, I could eat whatever I want. I could eat two, three cheese steaks or yeah. out the week. That's what I'm talking like whatever. about. I could eat, like, I, I eat out, but I try to eat, like, at restaurants that, like, you know, high end, like Ruth Chris, Ocean Prime. I got you. Frisco's. I got you. Like, stuff like that that I know that's, like, real, that's really good. So I always try to eat places like that, but I'm like, now that you know it's instead of me trying to go out all the time you know now i can invest in like you know a, sh- a personal chef yes. and like have cook for me cook for my family and that's what i plan on doing um just so i can you know i don't have to eat out as much you know that's that money that i'm spending out while i'm out you know i can put into you know actual chef coming to my house cooking me a good meal and that'll really put, you know, good stuff into my body. That's dope, man. That's beautiful. And and I mean, I'm sure, I mean, that's just dope, man, that you, that you, you able to, that you made it this far, man. It, it, it just, it must feel so great. You must be proud. Your family must be proud. Before I let man. you go, let me ask you, JJ Redick, I watched him play a lot when he was in LA. I watched him at a couple of practices, the warmups. How ridiculous is, is his shooting game? in terms of, like, how seriously he takes being, a, like, a professional basketball player, but specifically a professional shooter? Uh, J.J. is one of the, the realists. Uh, I've learned so much from J.J., and it's just it's just crazy to see, like, how precise he is. Like, everything is so tight. So, like, I've, that, that's, I've learned so much, but it's about watching film on J.J. Like, I've watched J.J., I've shot around with J.J. during practice, you know, the mechanics of everything is so tight. So, like he he be lo- he's locked in, and he always he he's so he's so repetitive. Like that's what that's what allows him to really stand out. You know, he's been one of the greatest shooters in this league for years. That's because he takes care of his body. He's always on top of his mechanics. Everything that he does is so precise and on point that it, it shows. Like that's mm. why he's able to hit so many consistent shots. So many big shots, and you know, just being around them, like yeah, understanding what he views, and like picking his brain, like it helps me so in so many aspects. Like I've learned a lot from JJ since he's been here. Like it's it's truly amazing, especially to have someone of that caliber as one of your vets. So, you know, I can as long as JJ's here, I'm gonna continue to pick his brain and continue to learn so much from. That's dope. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you uh, you coming on the podcast. I'm a fan. Um, I'm really happy that you uh you, you're getting your getting your due. Congratulations on 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 the big contract. You deserve it. And if it doesn't happen this year, I see All Star Game absolutely in the next two seasons. You you deserve it. You're the type of player that deserves to be acknowledged. And uh, you guys keep doing your thing out in Philadelphia. And if you see my man World Be Free, tell him that we spoke. <laughs> That's my guy. World Be Free. Tell him. Tell him. Uh, tell him. Say uh, Rappaport said what's up. Oh, I definitely got you. I talked to I talked to World Be Free every, like every game. He always got him a crazy suit. I always got to talk about him. Yo, d- tell him say yo. Rappaport said he grew up with you. He'll tell you. Oh, I'm definitely gonna relay the message tomorrow. 
All right, cool, man. And and hopefully I'm going to make it to a game out there uh, uh, this season in Philly and see you guys live, man. Oh, yeah. Definitely let me know because, uh, no, we can we can make it. You know, fun field trip. Show you the things that I get into when, I, when I'm here. You know, how, how I unwind and how I enjoy my time. I would love it. I would love it. All right. Hey, congratulations. Keep doing your thing. Ha- have a healthy rest of the season, and I'll talk to you soon, Robert. All right, Mike. Thank you, man. All right, thank, thank you, my man. All right, brand new Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at store.barstoolsports.com. You wanted it. I wanted it. We are introducing the very first Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. It's Buttersoft, the Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt, okay? And of course, we have the You Fuck You t-shirt, the World Famous Sucker Shit t-shirt, the Gringo Mandingo t-shirt, the Rapmatic t-shirt, and all I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast products at store.barstoolsports.com. I mean, who doesn't want a World Famous Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt? And you know it's Buttersoft. Go to store.barstoolsports.com. Now. All right, I want to thank Robert Covington of the Philadelphia 76ers for coming on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. First time he's come on. He's got a long, long, long career ahead of him. I hope uh, hope he joins us again. Check him out. Lockdown Defender. $62 million. Four years. Okay? And they said he was they said he was done. They didn't have any future for him in the Houston Rockets. Jesus. How? Hey, you know how you know how this works, man. You 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 know, agents. basketball is good. about opportunity, politics, yeah. good um, and being ready, man. And you know, obviously, with the Rockets, he wasn't ready, but he uh, he found his way. He found his confidence. He got his mojo with the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Philadelphia 76ers, um, they're on the rise with Joel Embiid, yeah. Ben Simmons. They they have a crew. Um, yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, listen. I have nothing against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I rooted for the New Orleans Saints. I'm a New York Giants fan. That ain't happening, okay? I fuck with all the Rocky movies, as you all know. Allen Iverson, Dr. J, Bobby Clark, the great fighting city of Philadelphia. I love it all. Rocky Balboa, Paulie, Mickey, Apollo, the whole thing. But I'm not rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles in football. That's just not happening. Okay, sorry, sorry. I love the fans. I love that you guys throw snowballs at Santa Claus. I respect all of it. Yeah, the cheese steaks and all that. All of it. The roots. Geno's. <laughs> Broad Street. You, you, you arguably one of the best MCs of all time. Black yes. Thought of the Roots is from cool Philadelphia. Seat. You got a lot of things going on. You do not need me rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? Nah. I will not be doing it genuinely. Sorry. Hilltop Hustlers. PSK always making that green. People always say, what the hell does that mean? Hell yeah. By the great... Um, Schooly D. That, that song, a lot of people say that's the first gangster rap song. Yeah. Matt Miles, matter of fact, since we're a media company, play a little bit of that. PSK, we're making that dream. People always say, what the hell is that mean? People 
all the people who can't understand how one homeboy became a man. As for the way you scream and shout, one by one, I'm knocking it out. Came for the way my DJ cut. Other MCs, then you ain't say nothing. Rocking on to the brink of dawn. I think for one of your time is song. Yo, you listen to the lyrics that song. That's a gangster song. Yeah. That's one of the first gangster rap songs. Um, I digress. Um, so continuing with the NBA stuff, this this rookie on the Chicago Bulls who looks like my son Maceo. He looks like he's literally looks like he's seventeen. Laurie Markinen. Uh. He's a beast. He's he's like Porzingis. He's not as tall, but he's one of these Euro shooting, you know, does it all, tough, baby-faced, young ball players in the NBA, has made 100 career three-point shots faster than any player in NBA history. He's okay. a badass. Laurie Markin of the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls were supposed to be trash this year. This right. kid and the team's heart is one of the reasons why, why they you know, have some credibility and respect still with the Chicago Bulls. And the reason why I brought that up, because that's crazy. 100 career three points in 41 NBA games your rookie season. I think this kid's 19. I, he literally, I don't think he's ever shaved in his life. Oh, okay. He's doing his thing. Good. Good for 20, him. 20, 21. We don't fact check at the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Which leads me to uh, the other day... Uh, LaMelo and LiAngelo Ball. They doing their thing out there. No. The game you saw today, that was another one of those um, exhibition games. That wasn't oh, a game. Word? <laughs> if, if you see them in the exhibition games playing against guys that look like they never, like they, they, they're out there goofing around, they're doing nerf yeah. shit. In their first <laughs> pro game, they both scored 0.0 points, which is just two points less than their father, LeVar Ball, average in his entire college basketball career. Oh. So they're keeping it ball in the family. Oh. Yo, they're going to be all right. I'm telling you. I, I got a feeling he out there with his brother. They're going to be all right. And um, when as the competition gets a little more heated, then, then they'll rise to the occasion. I got, I got faith in these two cats, man. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. I got faith in them. Well, the one kid who's the other point guard, I don't know. Yeah, LaMelo, the one who tried to talk greasy to me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, 16-year-old kid looks like Teen Wolf. I, I didn't say that. If I was going to say something back to him, I would say, yo, you, you look like Teen Wolf. <laughs> Fix your hair. But I didn't say because he's 16. He, he did talk out of pocket to me. But I'm just saying that if I was going to talk to him, I'd go talk right about his teeth. But he is 16. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying anything. No. I'm not saying anything. No. Um, uh, the, the, he, he looks to have a brighter future because the other kid, Leangelo, the little, uh, uh, he likes to steal shit. Uh, oh, he's too small to play away from the ball. Who knows? Whatever. Good luck to these kids. I want to see these kids do their thing. But yeah. when you get that sort of light shine upon you by your father, who's talking shit all the time, other shit talkers are going to come out of the weeds and bring it right back to you. I say LeVar Ball is the greatest shit talker of all time. He got his son. He maneuvered his son to be the number two pick and go to his hometown team. He got his other two sons to, with, with pro contracts getting paid in Lithuania. Yo, look, that's him. That's his shit talking. Absolutely. He maneuvered it. 
Absolutely. He's, he's fantastic. Bet. He's fantastic. He's better than you. Oh, shit. Shit. Don't, <laughs> don't push it, you fuck. He's better than you. Don't push it, you fuck you. <laughs> don't you fucking push it, asshole. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was arrested for a DUI in Newport Beach. No hanging surprise out with, there. Huh? <laughs> no surprise there. No, no, he's fucking nuts. Hanging out with Kim Jong-un's close friend. Yeah. Yo, imagine how much paper they got. You fucking with a head of state. There's, there's limitless money. So he, of course he's going to be faded. <laughs> um, what else, Mr. Moody? What, 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 what else is oh, going oh. on? Because there's, there's some sick fucks out there. And, and, and before we get into the sick fucks, I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up. Because I, I, I led the, uh, the opening of the show by mentioning this. Okay. And of course this is in Florida. Of course this is in Florida. There's monkeys in Florida at a state park that have fucking herpes. Okay? <laughs> Feral monkeys at a state park in Florida. It has to be Florida. They were shipped in from South Asia, or Central Asia, who the fuck knows? Right. Okay? Uh, we don't fact check. It was either South Asia or Central Asia. Okay, to uh, Sunshine State Silver Springs State Park as a tourist attraction. 30% of these fucking monkeys roaming the park are excreting the herpes B virus through saliva and other bodily fluids, which makes them a public threat. Yo. I mean, how do you explain that to your significant other? Yo, you gave me herpes, you dumb, nasty motherfucker. And he's like, ah, I didn't cheat. No, bitch, you cheated. This is the no. girl talking. She's saying bitch to the guy. You punk-ass motherfucker, you gave me herpes. You mark-ass bitch motherfucker. I'm going to get my cousin to fuck you up, blah, blah. I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. Turns out you were just at the goddamn zoo feeding the monkeys, and you got herpes from a monkey. I mean, it's bad enough to get herpes, but would you get monkey herpes? I don't know if that's curable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no comment. <laughs> now, that's foul. Foul shit, man. But since you asked me what was going on, yes. did you see my man Aziz, uh, uh, well, I don't know his name. Aziz Zari got snared with uh with uh some sexual harassment shit the guy who describes himself as a feminist has been accused of sexual assault now wait a second miles just for the new listeners can you pull my last rant our last rant on Nzizi and Zari because mm -hmm. i just think that he's full of shit in my opinion he's one of these guys that's holier than now yeah and all that stuff You speak as though you're really down with this shit. You, you ain't down with this shit. You speak as though you had Kane album, Long Live the Kane. Right. You speak as if as though you're an authority on, on hip-hop culture. Just because you know these newfangled motherfuckers out here now. Right. Get you, the fuck out of our culture. You don't know shit. So what? They put you in the studio and you're around. So you you in there saying, oh, 
Well, Jay-Z's put, put got this a snare. Put this snare right here. He ain't telling him shit. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He doesn't know what's going on in there. You don't know shit about this music, B. This shit comes from New York City, spread all over the world. And you didn't even like it 10 years ago. Right. Jennifer Anderson and these motherfuckers got you gassed up. <laughs> Thinking you know. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm kicking you out of this shit, B. <laughs> Jennifer Anderson. Yeah, you go around them. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. yeah. you like the new Kanye? Yeah, I, yeah you know, I, I, I heard it before it came out. And then he, he actually said this on one song, but then he put it on another song. And Money, said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I am Rappaport Podcast. That being said, and you just heard my rant, that being said that I think he's holier than now, this is some bullshit. Yeah. And I'll yeah. let you go in on it first. Like, I'm saying like this. Aziz Ansari obviously isn't everything that he do. He talks about and he presents himself. And if you read the article that was written on this website, Babe, the name of the article, the, the, the name of the website is Babe, which, by the way, I never fucking heard of Babe ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you never know what kind of agendas there are. But, but it's, Absolutely. It's, it's totally, you, you can't not believe it because it's so detailed. She has texts and all that stuff. And, yeah. and, and I think it's very, very clear what happened on this date gone wrong. Yeah, it's terrible, man. I mean, yo, when I read that shit, I'm like, yo, men got to be on some offense shit. You got to take everything if yo it's it's just yo it's terrible i think it, 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 he bagged at a party he got the digits went on a date with her took her back to the crib got a mic check reciprocated to her that wasn't enough she claimed then he jammed his fingers down her throat and he kept putting his hands like her hands on his loaf and she like detailed all this shit and called him the next day. And she called him the next day and she texted him the same night. And and listen, I, we already said we, we I don't like this motherfucker Aziz Ansari. I don't, it's not personal. Right. I just think he I just think he's thinks that he's who the fuck he is. He acknowledged that he might have misread the signals. This is all in the article. He acknowledged like, yo, I might have been off or like I might have thought something was going on that it wasn't. And I'm not saying that like he wasn't picking up on the cues. She obviously didn't want to have sex and money was pressing the issue crazy. Right. And you, you're you bugging. She said, yo, I was giving him messages. He was just ignoring it. And then this is and the reason why it's crazy that it's homeboys that he's always talked about guys being asshole and mm -hmm. women being this and guys being this and women being that and faking jacks and and all yep. that other bullshit. And and just and the fact that he's done that and been outspoken and sort of a a, a very pro woman person now yeah. because of this, yo, his career isn't going to be over, but he's going to have to take a seat for a minute. And there was a great article in Atlantic, in the Atlantic magazine today, by a woman who's got a long history with feminism. Right. Yo. And, and her name is, you should look it up. The, the woman's name is Caitlin Flanagan. And she said, the name of the article is The Humiliation of Aziz and Zari. I'm not saying money's name right. She said, and I quote, I thought it would take a little longer for the hit squad of privileged young white women to open fire on a brown-skinned man. I would love to get this woman, Caitlin Flanagan, on the I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast because her article in The Atlantic, 
TheAtlantic.com. The Atlantic is, I fuck with The Atlantic. She, she, she articulates a lot of stuff in a very smart, very fair, very compassionate, but very yeah. frustrated way. All right, it's come to that time, Miles. Cue the sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 Yes. Yes. It's a sick fuck of the week. The sick fuck of the week. This is an award that is earned, not given. Earned. Not given. Um, it goes to a certain person with a certain je ne sais quoi. The first sick fuck of the week. A man tried to kill his parents by poisoning their apple strudel. You sick fuck you. 32-year-old man Richard Hignett spiked his mom and his dad's apple strudel and their drinks with a tranquilizer in a bid to kill them and then kill himself. It didn't work, asshole. No one died, you sick fuck. Leave your parents alone. They don't want to kill themselves. Okay, now you got to live with the fact that you tried to kill yourself. You're a failed loser. You tried to kill your parents. You're a fucking three-time failed loser. And this week's sick fuck of the week. Congratulations, asshole. Yes, I I have one. Can I one-up you? Oh, please. Trans age. Individuals whose age does not align with the date that they were signed at birth. 40-year-old Paul Walsh left his wife and seven children to live his true life. He says he's a six-year-old girl trapped in a male's body. He has an adopted mom and dad, and they just let him play and color. Paul, you are the sick fuck of the week. (laughs) Yo, you are a real sick fuck, money. You're not... How old is this guy? He's 47, and he left his seven children and his wife because he said he's six. He's a six-year-old nah, yo, girl. Now, yo, Duke, 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 Duke. You're not six, Duke. <laughs> My man, you're not six, Duke. Yo. Lock this motherfucker up. And the, and the people that are, are, are placating this, that are letting this slide, they got a nut job in their home. Trans age. It's a new shit. Trans age. Nah. You, you know what that is? That's called sick fuck of the week. Number two. Bellevue. Um, number three. On the wild, wild Upper East Side. Yo. Oh, oh, your hood. Yo, we've talked about this way more than we've ever talked about violence and crime on the Upper East Side. They're starting to call it now the Upper Beast Side. Word. On 88th and 1st Avenue, an 80-year-old woman, this cocksucking piece of shit. My father's up there. My father's 84 years old. He's up there by himself. Dave, wave. An 80-year-old woman walked into her building. This cocksucker tricked her like he was holding the door to get into her building and then tried to snatch her bag. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. And she resisted and fought the guy off 
and 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 a neighbor came out. She didn't even have to go to the hospital. But if you look at the video, I mean, she's lucky that the guy wasn't more violent and that she was so strong and tough. She didn't give up their bag, okay? But the sick fuck is on the loose. The suspect was wearing a red hooded sweater, a black and blue coat, black jeans, and black sneakers. Let's find this sick fuck, beat his ass, okay? And put him right here on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. What a piece of shit. And he tried to trick the lady by holding the door. Yeah, suck a shit. You need to be shot. That's what you need to be, man. You're going after 80... 89 and you anybody yo you need to be uh shot <laughs> um a substitute teacher in a catholic school in maryland this sick fuck got kicked out of school because of his ties to the white supremacist alt-right movement mr conti craig conti who also coached field hockey at the Academy of Holy Cross in Kensington. Now you don't have a job, asshole. See if those fucking other white guys are going to hook you up with a job. It's a doggy dog world out there, you fuck you. Mr. Conti, okay? Um, another sick <laughs> fuck. This is an old, old uh, cracker sick fuck. Uh, piece of shit. Famous uh, Ku Klux Klansman, Edgar yeah. Killen. He was convicted uh, of three murders. Uh, of Mississippi civil rights workers. This has been documented. There's been films about it. This 93-year-old piece of cracker shit died in prison. Good riddance, you fucking dog, you. Oh, he was a Nazi guy, right? Gerald, Gerald, Gerald. The internet is talking, okay? Now you support the alt-right. You support Trump. uh, Wait, 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 wait. You got got my black people around the world. Wait, wait, wait. I have to clarify. You got my black people around the world Calling me a Ben Carson ass blank. Now, I don't have it. You do. You do. You call me the supporter. I'm not. I am in the middle and I am judging each side objectively. And if if motherfuckers can't accept that, that's on you. You're you're judging them acceptably just like like the other day after uh, Donald Trump's shithole comment, uh, Martin Luther King's nephew or something yeah. they 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 met you know there's always his, nephews his of of these nephew. great civil rights workers his nephew well, some year it'll be his cousin it'll be you know the this yeah. one the uncle godmother and, and just because they were related to the great Martin Luther King or or the great Medgar Evans or the great Malcolm X doesn't mean they're built from the same cloth doesn't right. mean they're not but i never seen this nephew of Martin Luther King said after meeting with Donald Trump, that he's not racist, he's just, what is it? Uh, uninformed. <laughs> oh, no, no, he said, yeah, he's not racist, he's just racially uninformed. <laughs> Dick Stain Donald Trump is 70 years. At 70 years of age, you're not racially uninformed, you're just a racist. You had 70 years to figure it out and work this shit out. He's racially uninformed. Okay, so to, to celebrate um, the great thing that Donald Trump did, uh, Martin Luther King's birthday, um, a, a man who had been in the United States for 30 years, a 39-year-old man, a 39-year-old man. This is the DACA, the Dreamers. This is Icy, Ice. This is what he played golf on Martin Luther King's birthday. And a 39-year-old man was deported 
and he left his two kids here because they were not deported with him. That was oh. a great thing that that was a great thing that Donald Trump did today. You could look it up, you could verify it. After did years he? of living in the United States for 30 years, 30 years as a 39-year-old immigrant in Metro Detroit was deported this morning back to Mexico escorted by ICE agents. He said bye to his wife and two kids before boarding. He was brought to the United States from Mexico when he was 10 years old, too old to qualify for DACA. No crime, no no criminal record. That's reality. That's your guy, Trump. No, he said too old to qualify. That's part of the law, right? That's the law, right? You, 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 you got it all figured out. You figure it out. Law. That's the law. It's not personal. That's the fucking law. So, so that makes sense? What kind of law is that? He's got children here. He's been here for 30 years. You're sending this random guy back to, back to Mexico and he's leaving I, his I wife and that. children? You sound crazy. Finally, I the Iron Stereo Podcast. I wouldn't do that. Julian Assange, <laughs> the founder of WikiLeaks. Wiki, Wikipedia is a piece of shit, by the way. I know okay. it's a quick fix to get information, but it's not updated. Anybody can change anybody's profile. If you wanted to go on Marlon Brando's Wikipedia page and change it, you could. I don't know why this is the go-to place to look up people's information, but the founder of WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, was complained about. People filed complaints about him while he was in Ecuador because of poor hygiene. You a nasty motherfucker, man. Get yourself oh. some deodorant. Get yourself some teeth whitening strips and take a motherfucking back. He's just a nasty dirt. Yo, if people in Ecuador are complaining about his hygiene, you know you ain't shit. (laughs) All right. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Thank you again, Robert Covington. My name is Michael Rapport. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Miles, take us out of here with some, some smackers. I'm out. You have to. Peace.